0: This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlist for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Edbert and Sherilyn are crunching through the mountain snow. The sky is slate gray as little bits of snow are beginning to fall around them and fill in their boot prints that they're leaving behind them in the half a foot snow. They're way up there. They're way up. The wind is sort of whipping around them. And they are on some kind of mission for the order. Vengeance. Vengeance of trials. They're tracking down a criminal. They are going after someone who was put on trial for some sort of heresy, probably necromancy. The necromancer's name? Yigtsal. So this person was on trial for necromancy, but they escaped into the mountains. The rest of the order, they went off on some other mission, but Sherilyn was still there when the prisoner escaped. This was in a small little mountain village. She was alone. She realized that she had to go after this person, and so she basically rounded up the first group of people she could find, which was Edward and probably a few other mercenaries as well. As they chased down this necromancer into the mountains, the necromancer who was very powerful, was calling upon various powers, and one by one, those other mercenaries were picked off until there was only Edward and Sherilyn left. Break. Break plans. Edbert and Sherilyn had tracked down the necromancer to a small cave in the mountains. For days they had been following. They saw a small fire in a cave up there. And Sherilyn turned to Edbert and said, Yigsal has proven himself to be an extraordinarily dangerous enemy. You and I will approach with the utmost of caution. I will take the right flank, you the left. Go as quietly as you can. Right, of course, Sherilyn, whatever you say. So they begin to make their way up the side of the mountain. The sun has already set. So they're moving in sort of the the eerie mountain darkness, which always has a bit of a glow as the, the light of the moon and the stars bounces off the white snow and gives everything sort of this weird luminescence. But they're crunching up the snow covered side of the mountains, picking their way from bald black rock to bald black rock to gain purchase and not slip on the icy, snowy surfaces. Sherilyn is getting out in front of him. He is slipping a bit he can't find purchase his gloves cannot find purchase on the rock but she has already gone up past him as he's climbing up this rocky face his boot gets stuck in one of the crevices of the rock and he's trying to pull it out but he's trying to do it quietly because he's not he can't give away his position but he knows that she's moving up quicker and quicker and quicker and he's trying to wave at her but she is so intent and i think he sees something that she doesn't which causes him to break the plan of stealthy ambush. He sees from around the corner of the cave, up sort of behind where Sherilyn is, so she can't see it, but he can because of his lower vantage point. He sees one of the dead mercenaries that fell on the way, one of their ex comrades, who is now a shambling undead monstrosity is slowly shuffling its way, dead eyes glowing with this hideous red glow, and it sees Sherilyn there, and it pulls its wicked-looking iron blade, and it begins to move up closer to her, where it can stab her in the back. He has no choice, he shouts out a warning, Sherilyn, Sherilyn, behind you. you! And she turns it with a, a gout of flame from her hand, boom, he, he, the, the undead thing erupts into flame and goes careening down the cliff face, but now the necromancer in the cave knows that she is there. Harm. Home, of home. Home. Home, home. home in this case is actually the cave where the necromancer is, that's, that's the home base. And harm means something happens to it. The necromancer comes out of the cave and immediately gets locked into a magical battle with Sherilyn. Edbert, desperate to help, finally pulls, he's able to pull his boot out of the rock and scramble up, but he cannot get closer because he happens to be on an area where there's like a sheer surface of ice right in front of him. And he can see that the Necromancer is beginning to best her. He looks up and he can see that there's an overhang. Basically there's a cave and there's an overhang over this ledge where Cheryl and, and, and Yigsal are currently having their magical battle. And that overhang is covered with snow like there's a huge like like a 30 foot snowdrift there with a whole bunch of like half buried boulders and rubble and things like this he pulls his boot out of the rock and scrambles up the, the side of the icy surface, very hard to do, and it's taking him a long time to do it. In fact, so long that Sherilyn is beginning to be beaten back by this necromancer. She's beaten back right towards the ledge, the edge of that ledge where she's sort of, you know, looking back over her shoulder at the precipice. She calls out, Edward, what are you doing? And he's trying desperately to scrabble up the slope but he can't get there in time. And just as he gets up to the edge and pulls himself over, he shouts at the top of his lungs, Sherilyn, Sherilyn hold, on! hold on! But That cry of his echoes through the valley and causes an avalanche over the ledge. He looks up at the last second as rocks and snow come tumbling down, hitting the necromancer and squashing him like a bug. But at the same time, he sees Sherilyn looking up and she looks at him directly, eyes wide, and a snow-covered boulder comes careening down and carrying her off spinning away into the precipice to her death. Edward himself is also taken by the snow and goes collapsing down the side of the slope. He lands on a ledge below, relatively unscathed. The rumble of the, of the avalanche is still going on, but gradually it begins to ease off a bit. He bursts out of the snow. He pulls himself desperately to the edge of that ledge and he, he looks down and he sees her way at the bottom of that snow covered Gorge, he can see her broken and battered body, her head twisted at a sickening angle, her dead eyes staring directly at him. Her dead eyes and he looks at her and he kind of shudders. No, no, Sheridan, no, no, no. I'm sorry. 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 As edbert wakes with a start at the camp that simon and arn share with him he is no longer in the mountains he is here in the woods outside the ruined temple edbert are you all right i'm 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 fine simon just uh, just bad memories well Try and get some more rest if you can. At first light, we try and pick up my father's trail. Yeah. Yeah, Simon, fine. Are you sure you're all right? I was just trying to save her life. I was just trying to help her. Get some rest. Yeah. And he pulls his threadbare blanket up over him again. Puts his head on his pack. Turns over on his side and stares off into the darkness of the forest, waiting for a sleep that he knows will never come. But eventually, exhaustion takes over, and his eyes close. Edward and Sherilyn are crunching through the mountain snow. The sky is slate gray as little bits of snow are beginning to fall around them and fill in their boot prints that they're leaving behind them in the, you know, Hello and welcome back once again to me, myself, and I. I am, as always, your host, player, and game master, Trevor DeVal. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe, and if you want to buy something on our merchandise page to help support the show, it is listed down here in the comments. When last we left Simon and company, they had successfully slew Zirator, the necromancer in charge of the Temple of Thurzan. But unfortunately, before Simon could find out what interest Zirator had in his parents, because his parents had something special about them that uh, Zirator was interested in, before that could happen, Sherilyn brought down the temple in her zeal to destroy it. And so any evidence that might show anything about why Zirator was interested in Simon's parents is buried under several hundred tons of rubble. However, they do have the trail leading north, and that is what Simon is going to uh, try and pick up as the dawn breaks on the new day. However, a few things I should point out. Simon is concerned about Edbert. His haunting is getting worse, he's getting less and less rest, and he tried to grab the crossbow from him in the fight because Edbert had it in his mind that the crossbow could actually destroy Sherilyn, which is true, because we saw Simon do that. So Simon's a little concerned that Edbert might be growing more unstable, and he's gonna have to keep his eye on him because who knows what Edbert's going to do in his desperation to rid himself of this troublesome ghost. The ghost who we have now determined holds him accountable for her accidental death in the mountains because of an avalanche that, that Edbert inadvertently caused while trying to save her life. She wants to keep him alive so that he can atone for her death, but how does one atone for that? So some of you in the comments had suggested that Edbert's slaying of the necromancer, or his giving the necromancer the death blow, so to speak, would you know uh, soften Cheryl and would allow her to say, hey, you know what, man, you did good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna count that towards your atonement. No, absolutely not. Sherilyn does not care about that. Sherilyn cares about the fact that she was killed by Edbert and she will not rest, and neither will he, until he does atone. And I think that atonement is going to have to look like this. He is going to have to answer for her death in front of the Order of the Purifying Flame. Who thinks that he killed her on purpose? They are after him. They are hunting him. And if they find him, they're going to shoot first and ask questions later. So he's not in any big hurry to go and find them, but I think the only way that he can atone is by doing that, is basically submitting himself voluntarily in front of them for a trial of sorts, to clear his name. So that's something that might happen, and there is someone else who wants to clear their name too, and that is Simon. As they are going north, back towards the city of Chiton, he might get his opportunity, now that Arn has decided to join his cause, Simon might get his opportunity to go and confront Manfred of Dovedane, possibly and clear his name for the crimes of which he is suspected. But before we get anywhere near Kitan, we are still in the forest as the day breaks the morning after the destruction of the temple. So before we begin, we're gonna to check to see if the scene is altered or, um, or interrupted. Six, so no, our chaos factor is five. First of all, let's just determine the weather. I like to do a little D20 check to see what the weather is like, the higher the better. Oh, it is a beautiful summer's day. Summer? I think we're in summer. I should really write these things down. (laughs) So as the sun rises, they break their camp. They move into the woods and Simon hunkers down, trying to look for any signs of his father's passing. And he is going to roll a six. So that is a success. So he picks up his father's trail, but the tracks are more than one day old. So that's a minus two actually, but he rolled a six. So six minus two is four, which is still a success. So Simon picks up the trail. It looks like it's about a week old. He follows the trail through the woods. It is in fact heading north back into the high mountains. He follows it and follows it and follows it. I guess the question is if the father is a week ahead, is there any chance that Simon finds him in this first day? I'm gonna call that impossible. No way. 60? No, he does not find him today. So he follows the trail all the way through the woods, going higher up into the mountains. It's a beautiful day, but eventually day turns into evening and they have to make camp for the night. Quick survival roll to see the quality of that camp. Simon's pretty good at this too. Simon's pretty good at things. I guess he doesn't suck at everything. Gonna have to change the logo. Look at that, exploder eight. 8-2 is 10. Success with the Rays, they find a great camping spot. It's fully defensible, it's dry, they can build a small smokeless fire the whole bit. And in fact, I think that it's so defensible with a success with the raise, there's no chance of them being accosted in the night. So the night passes uneventfully, except of course for Edbert, who is constantly reliving these, these dreams brought on by the ghost of Sherilyn, who is incessantly, incessantly tormenting him. However, the next day comes and they are going to follow the trail again. So, I guess my question now for the fate chart is... Does Simon find his father before he comes out of the mountains. Once we know the answer to this, we can start asking questions about like what his father's condition is, how he left, where he's going, all that kind of pertinent uh, all those uh, kind of pertinent details. But for now, let's ask the fake chart. Does Simon successfully following the track as he has been doing? Does he find his father before he exits the northern side of the mountains, which will take several days? I'm going to call that unlikely, okay? So there's a 35% chance of a yes here. 85 is not an extreme, no, just a no. The days go on. The weather, a little cooler up in the mountains. It's a little overcast, but it doesn't rain. It doesn't wash away the tracks. Simon is able to continue following the trail. Oh, that's a good question. uh, Was Simon's father trying to hide his trail at all? Was he, uh, I don't know, 50-50? He was actually. So Simon's father was trying to hide his trail behind him. So obviously Simon's father was concerned about being followed. I guess it would make sense that he was concerned about being followed considering he escaped that temple and was probably worried about undead beasties coming out after him. Little does he know that is no longer a, a threat because the temple is destroyed. The days go by. It takes them four days to leave the mountains. The trail is clear to Simon, but it is obvious that his father was trying to cover it up. The, the trail avoids any settlements. It avoids any sort of uh, well-trod paths, things like this. But eventually it exits down, and I think maybe that the the, the father was following a river that ultimately leads up to the city of Chiton. We're gonna say Chiton is like, three days away. Did the father get to his destination or was he waylaid? 50-50. Did he? He did. And it's doubles. Okay. So that means we have an interrupt scene for Simon here as he comes out of the mountains, but we know that the father did make it to his destination. We're not exactly sure what his destination was. So as they're coming down out of the mountains, what is the focus of the interrupt scene? 66, a PC negative. Well, now technically we have three PCs. So which PC is it? One to two is going to be Simon, three to four is Edbert, five to six is Arn. It's Simon. (laughs) Okay, what's the bad thing that happens to Simon? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, 57 is create. Zero one. Create goals, PC negative, create goals. Creation of goals. Something occurs that grabs his attention and takes it off of the following of the trail. I mean, this is a big deal, following his father. What would be so significant that would seize his attention to temporarily abandon the track? I'm gonna roll again, get more detail. Gratify. Zero weight. Enemies. I think that Manfred of Dovedain has sent another kill team after Simon. I think that Arn is not reported in for so long. I think Manfred back in the city has basically given up on Arn Has decided, well, he must be dead because it's been a while now since Arn reported back to the city. So I think Manfred of Dovdane has sent a kill team, so to speak. This isn't Warhammer 40k, but you know, a group of mercenaries, a group of bounty hunters, something to go after Simon and company. Okay, so that means that they are going to be ambushed in the woods by this particular kill team. So they've come out of the mountains, they're beside a river now. And I think there's gonna be copses of trees everywhere. And out of those trees, bang, the attack has sprung. First of all, is this a stronger force or a weaker force? I'm gonna to go to Une. What is the relative power uh, factor of these enemies? Oh my god, 95, okay, so that's a good thing, good thing. 96 would have been much stronger, this is in fact slightly stronger. So that means that these enemies are going to be fairly tough, tougher than them. So that means at least the leader is gonna be a wild card. And I think there's gonna be, I think they're definitely gonna be outnumbered. I'm gonna roll a D10 stealth with a wild die to see how well they are hidden and waiting in ambush. So this is their stealth roll to see how well they're hidden. Ooh, ooh, 10. 13 is the number. So that's the success with a couple of raises, but 13 is the number. How perceptive are our guys? Simon leading the way, of course. Arn's probably up there. Edward bringing up the rear. How perceptive are our guys? RR, how perceptive, RR, RR. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, Simon's gonna um, roll first. And I've done it this way before, that if he fails, I'm gonna give the next in line, which is Arn, a perception of minus two. And if he fails, I'm gonna give Edbert a perception of minus four. So there's, it's possible that one of them sees the ambush, but it gets progressively more difficult as we go down the line. So Simon's notice, ooh, yeah, ooh, they knew he was all good, is <laughs> the d4, he's looking to beat 13. He does not see it, which means Arn has a possible notice roll, but this is going to be at minus two. Oh, he's really good. He's alert. He's play. That's an edge he has. So he's alert, which is plus two, so that cancels out that penalty. So he's just going to do a regular notice. Still not great, though. D4 and D6. He's basically got to explode here. Does he explode? He does not! Okay. (laughs) Okay. Boy, if Edbert doesn't notice this, then the enemy gets to drop on them and that's gonna be really bad. Really bad, because that means, well, you'll see if Edbert fails this. Do your notice, you're only D4. Oh my God, Edbert, yeah, yeah, you all suck. None of you can see anything. Are you, ah, you're blundering through the Well, la, 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 la. Okay, buddy. Okay, we have an exploder here. We have an exploder here, D4, let's see. Six, minus four is two. They do not see this ambush coming, which means the ambush takes them entirely unawares. Who are these ambushers? Let's do that right now. Let's find out who they are. I keep calling them a kill team, but I don't think that their goal is to kill Simon. Their goal is certainly to kill anybody who's with them, but they still want to bring Simon back. The leader, what are you? You are 61. You are lethargic. 84. A lethargic brute. So that means he leads from behind. He lets his minions do all the work for him. I'm gonna say there's three other bounty hunters. So let's figure out a name for the bad guy leader. Maybe it is a lady. A lady bounty hunter. One to three is a male. Oh, look at that. It's a lady bounty hunter. Spanish, because that's cool because The next thing I haven't done yet. (laughs) Her name, this lethargic brute who leads from behind. (laughs) Isabel. Ooh, I like that. Isabel. So she's a lethargic brute, so she's, she's big and muscular and powerful. They have successfully ambushed Simon. Nobody in his party has noticed this, nobody has seen them. We are by a river. Out of the copse of trees comes the attack. What does that attack look like? We're gonna have to find out next time because that is the end of this episode. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to tune in next time to see what happens with Simon and his friends. Will they survive this attack? Now that he's so close to finding his father, will they actually survive this attack so they can go on and we can put an end to this thread once and for all? Not that I'm in any hurry to end this story, but you know, we are driving close to a a conclusion here. Simon's big thing was about finding what happened to his parents. We already know what happened to his (laughs) mummy. But he is so close now to finally finding his father and understanding the nature of his parents and why all of this happened in the first place. But if they don't survive this ambush, none of that's gonna happen. So tune in next time to Me, Myself and I. And thank you so much for watching. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe and to uh, check out the merchandise page. Some of you are buying stuff, which is great. Keep those comments coming. I do love them. I find them very valuable. And we will see you next time on Me, Myself and I.